Hello and welcome back to the 10th Pine Podcast. We're here with me, Lucas Normal, and Beefham. This episode is sponsored by Sea Clothing. And today we're also here with Mele. We'll be speaking about his career, where he's travelled, and some mad stories. So we hope you enjoy it. So we'll start off with um, where are you from and how did you first get into music and that? Right, so I'm from I'm from the Wirral. So my dad's side of the family from the Wirral. My mum's side of the family from Dingle. So my mum grew up over here. Yeah. And then my mum moved over to the Wirral. So I was I grew up over there mm. um, in a place called Bromborough on the Wirral. So I'm a proper fucking wall man. <laughs> <laughs> like but I get it all the time. Like when like I do interviews and stuff like that, people are like, hey, it's <laughs> fucking accent. I'm like, fucking hell, all right, lads. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up on the Wirral and kind of got into like music when I was like, I don't know, it was like this weird thing where I was just always into music and I don't know where it came from because it's not like my family went massive in mu- into music. It was like this weird like obsession that I had with fucking sifting through records and stuff when I was like 10. And I was like, I don't really know where that fucking came from. Do you know what I mean? But um, so I kind of was just doing that. One of my uncles was made music. Um and I kind of just got into that. And then that was from, from when I was about 12. It was just like, that's the only thing I wanted to do. It's the only mm. thing I was ever good at, good at still to this fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I've been fucking lucky, man. So it was kind of oh, when I was like 18, so I'm 28 now. So when I was like 16, I was playing in clubs in town and doing things like that. And kind of like me mum would be outside waiting to pick me up when I, <laughs> I play like Chibuku in town and like my mum would be outside waiting to pick me up. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of just how I got started into it, really. That's quite young, I think. Like right. at 12, even if you ask like a 12-year-old, even mm. if you ask us, what do you want to do? We don't know what we want to <laughs> yeah. do, but like if you ask, I have a 12-year-old sister, if I asked her, what yeah. do you want to do? She'd be like, I don't know, want to be but, an astronaut. But, 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 that, but that's what I mean, that's like... I'm exactly, like every single person I know, everyone in my family is exactly the same. It's just like this fucking weird thing that came out of nowhere and it was, I don't know. Like, I don't really believe in that shit. Like, oh, I was meant to do this and all that because it's yeah. mm. bollocks. But I think, you know, I think it, at some point I was just like, right, I'm just going to go and continue to do this. And I've got to this point. So it's like, right, I can't really <laughs> fucking try and do anything else now. Do you know what I mean? What sort of artist was it which got you into it? Well, at first it was... Basically, I hated dance music until I was about 15. I fucking hated it. And I was, like, into hip-hop and Dr. Dre and Mm. um, kind of Snoop Dogg and I suppose, like, 50 Cent and Eminem and all that sort of shit. Yeah. was kind of, like, what I was into. Um and then my uncle played me a record from The Prodigy and he was like, just listen to it. Like, you'll like it. And I was like, I fucking hate dance music, man. It's shit. And he was like, just listen to this Prodigy record. And it was a Prodigy track. I think it was called Diesel Power. And um, it was a hip hop track, but it was electronic. Mm. And I just remember something just fucking clicking in my mind and going, oh shit, right, okay. And he took me to see The Prodigy the year after in Manchester when I was like 14. And then after that, it was just like, right electronic music and got really deep into it yeah it took a while though because i fucking hated it like when i <laughs> like i really disliked it yeah yeah but, but then um, when you knew like you wanted to do it as a career as such i 
don't know, you know. I think it was like, I think when I kind of clicked that I wanted to do it as a career was like, I remember being like 16, 17 and leaving school and um, going to like, you know, like the careers people at school. Mm, yeah. And uh, I, I'd fucking, I hadn't got one GCSE, I hadn't got nothing. And they were like, um, I think the best bet for you is to go and train to be a plumber or an electrician. And I was like, fuck that. I was like, I'm <laughs> fucking off. And I was like, it was at that time where you didn't legally have to go to um, sixth form. Oh, yeah. So it was like I left school when I was 16 and um, was kind of just fucking like, like a lazy bastard for about four <laughs> years. Like get go, going to bed at fucking five in the morning, getting up at five o'clock in the afternoon. But all I would do for them f- sort of four years after I left school, maybe three years was just fucking make music and learn how to DJ. And I was just obsessed with that because it was the only thing that I knew how to do. But it was like, my mum was like, you've got to go and get a job. You've got to fucking do something. And I tried to go and get a job in Asda. Yeah. And I got fucking knocked back from Asda. <laughs> and I was just like, do you know what? Like, if I can't make this work, what I'm doing now, it's just like, I'm going to be fucked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of, I think that shit like that was kind of the driving force behind it, where it was like, right, I've got to, I've got to make this work. Mm. And I've got no sort of, I've got no option. Were you, you still know? playing like gigs in that time? Because you said from when you were like, what was it, 14, you started playing? Like, 15, like continuously. 16, yeah. So I was doing like little bits, yeah, but it was like never nothing to really make a fucking dent or make any money or anything like that. But it was... I think like the switch for me was when um, I started getting put, I, basically I just used to bug these people that were radio DJs, so Annie Mack and all these people yeah. who are like my mates now. But I was like this annoying kid who would just fucking send these records to these <laughs> people all the time. And I started I started getting pally with people down in London and I went down to London and that's when it really started clicking because London's that type of place where it's like, you need to go out and meet people and there's something happening every night. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you can just, and it just started clicking from then. And then, yeah, it was kind of mad. Like I it was, it's one of them things that I can't really remember specific times because I'm still just fucking rolling through it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's not, it's kind of mad. It's one of them things that I can't really explain because it's like, I've just done it. I've not really thought too much about it. Was there never a point where it sort of like took off? Or has it just been like a gradual build-up to it? It's been a gradual build-up. But that's what I like, though. It's like someone told me it's called to be warm, never hot. Mm. Mm. Because as soon as you get to... And I've seen it fucking so many times over the years where people go from nothing to that. There's only fucking one way down from that. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Especially in the fucking music game because it's the most fickle fucking industry. And not just the industry, it's just like as music fans you know I'm exactly the same we all want fucking new shit all the time and mm. who's the next guy yeah. and who's the next band or what's this and what's that mm. so I've kind of always been quite conscious to make sure my thing has been like that rather than yeah. like that do you know what I mean because yeah. I've just seen it so many times man you do see that quite a lot though in music and sport like in any walk isn't it when yeah. some, you look at a lot of kids that are famous, like actors as kids for example Yeah, a lot of them end up on like you know, like addicted to drugs and that because mm. they've had like it's fucked. But 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 do you know what? It's like the kind of the, the, 
I don't know, I suppose it's, yeah, football, it happens to footballers and shit like that, don't it? And, but you see it a lot in my fucking industry because the thing is about like the music game is, is like alcohol and drugs. You know, if you're a fucking DJ, it's part of it. Like I have a fucking rider of sh- of like what fucking bottles of alcohol I want. Mm. Yeah. It's like a bit fucking mad when you think about it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so fucking encouraged. It's red wine on the rider. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but the thing is, I fucking love a drink. Like I've always kind of liked to drink and all that, but it's like, you know, I've, I've always tried to be super careful about it. And, you know, cause I've just seen so many people kind of go the wrong way with it. But you're right. It's, it's a fucking hard industry to kind of, navigate i suppose it must be so hard though you know to resist temptation and stuff like that hey it's impossible it is <laughs> it is fucking impossible i think i have done in the last 10 years i must have done one or two gigs sober in 10 years <laughs> yeah like completely sober and it's like when you think about it like that it's fucking mad yeah but when you're kind of just like on the road and you're doing it every single weekend, you just feels quite normal. Yeah. Mm. But kind of like when you think about it, oh, fucking hell, that's like the only time I've ever done it. The only time I ever did it, like in recent memory, um, I was playing in Mexico and it was like, right, I've got to go and do this gig before, right before I go home. Mm. And um, I don't drink beer, I fucking hate beer. Like hate yeah. it. I, I got to this festival and I was like, is there any like, I like rum and coke. That's like my sort of drink. I was like, is there any rum and coke? Or they were like, no, just beer. And I was like, right, do you know what? I'm going to do this gig totally sober. It'll be shite. <laughs> anyway, no one will come and fucking see me. I mean, the fucking arse end of nowhere. No one's going to come and see me. It'll be sound. Get up to this fucking walk up this stage, and there's about seven thousand people in a fucking <laughs> in a massive room in Mexico, like in this fucking festival. And I was like, oh my god. And it was horrendous. And it was, it was, I mean, I was quite proud of myself at the end, mm. but throughout the entire set, 90 minutes. Yeah. It was so fucking loud in there. Yeah. It was like, I'd see people walking out at the back. Like, there'd be, I'd be in front of 7,000 people, right? Yeah. Be five people would walk out at the back and I'd be like, shit. <laughs> fucking shit. I'm playing fucking rubbish here. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's a different that- experience, sober, yeah. Mate, yeah. Like, it's, it's mad. Like, I, and I think that's kind of like why I've never done it again. <laughs> it's just like, it's just, yeah, it's too much, man. But, you know, other people can do it. Other people can do it totally sober. Cool. It's like, I can't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? But You just mentioned Mexico there. Have yeah. you ever been any other, like, source countries in there? Fucking hell. I mean, the, the last... The last sort of, well, I'd say 2019 was when it kind of like got really fucking mad. Mm. And I went to, in in the same year, I went to, uh, I did a tour of Australia and New Zealand. I went to South Korea. I went to Tokyo. I went to Colombia. I went to, I did a few gigs in Mexico. I did Los Angeles a few times. I did Vegas a few times. Like, everywhere that's the dream like you know mate it was mad but the thing is once all this covid when all this covid shit started that's when i started like realizing like how sick it was because when you're fucking doing it and like i'm like go on tour 
go on, go on tour for, to Australia for two weeks, come back to me fucking flat in town mm. and sleep for five days, <laughs> then go to fucking Tokyo, then go to Las Vegas and all that. And it's like, it's amazing, it is. But when you're doing it, I didn't appreciate it. You haven't had a chance to step back, have no, you? because no, I've just been fucking going for like 10 years. But this has been... At the, the first few months of last year were fucking horrendous, man, because I was like... I didn't really know where I was. I was like, I've been so used to being on the road and being somewhere different mm. every single weekend or every fucking other day for a long time. And then when it stopped and I was like, right, what the... What do I fucking do here? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like a weird thing. So I had a weird few months, but the last few months have been good, man, because I've really started like appreciating it and I can't fucking wait to have it back. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I'm like, get me on a fucking Ryanair flight from <laughs> Ibiza at eight in the morning when I've been up all night, <laughs> middle row. I won't ever fucking complain about it again. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's it's been kind of nice, I suppose, to like reevaluate how much I appreciate mm. my job. Do you know what I mean? Which one of them countries was the best? Do you know what? Tokyo was really good. Just the, the city is just amazing. And it's like it's like being in fucking Blade Runner or something. It's like, <laughs> it's mad. But in terms of gigs, the last, the, the last gig I did, actually the second to last gig I did, was in Mexico City last February. It was at a festival called EDC. And um, it was me, Yousef, Carl Cox, and maybe like one or two other DJs, can't remember now. But um, it was, <laughs> the tent was like 15,000 people. Yeah. It was a fucking tent in Mexico City, 15,000 people, three o'clock in the afternoon. I've done it a few <laughs> years before, so I kind of knew what to expect this time. But when and then it was like fucking 15,000 people and it was just like, it was like being at a fucking football match. Yeah. It was like that loud. It's like shit that you do not get, especially in fucking England because everyone's boring. But yeah. you know what I mean? For yeah. in fucking Mexico, it was like being in a football match. I, I couldn't hear myself fucking DJing. Like every single like little tune I'd bring in, they'd be like, Aah! I was like, fucking hell, I haven't fucking done anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, so that I think that was probably the best gig I've ever done. You must get some buzz off that. Loads of people cheering for well, you. Fuck it. It's, it. Do you know what? It's this weird thing where it's like, I, like, it's so weird. Like, you get in front of all these people, and you're shitting it for the first fucking two minutes, and then as soon as you've played your first record, you're like, damn, I'm fucking meant to be here. Yeah. Like, it feels like so fucking normal standing in front of all these people. You can't even see people's fucking faces like mm. at the back, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like shit like that is like, it's amazing, man. But that that gig, my so that was my second to last gig. Um, so I did that gig, I stayed up all night, like till about fucking nine in the morning. I had the next gig in Canada the next day. Um, Stayed up all night, went to the airport, and I was like, right, I'll just get on this fucking flight to Canada. I'll get me head down, and it'll be sound, and I'll wake up in Canada, and I'll be all right. I'll be all right to go and do the gig. So I went to get on the flight in Canada, gave them my passport, and I have two passports when I travel, and the visa for Canada had been put in the wrong passport. So I was like, oh, my fucking God, like, what am I fucking going to do here? So the options were either 
you get a British Airways flight and just go home, cancel the Canada gig, just go home and fucking sleep, which mm. was really fucking appealing. <laughs> but then the other option was kind of, right, so you've got to take a flight from Mexico City, um, go up to Houston, mm. get off, fly up to Denver, get mm. off and then fly all the way up to Canada. So it was like a 10 hour day oh, with God. like three changes. I was like, I just want to go home so badly. But do you know what? Something just clicked in my head and I went, right, I'll just fucking do it. And I did it. And I don't, to this day, I don't remember the entire day. I must have been that tired and that fucking leathered still. Who are you with while you're doing all this? You're by yourself doing yeah. all do you know, That's mad, though. But it's like, I, I, like a lot of DJs have tour managers and shit like that. But I'm like... I'm not, I'm not really that arsed, you know what I mean? Mm. But it's like when I get to, like, I know so many people when I get to these places because I've been doing it over and over again. You kind of get to meet loads of people. But um, here's a weird thing, being on your own, like, but I, I quite like it, man. Mm. Put me fucking headphones on, listen to a fucking podcast and I'm laughing, you know what I mean? Listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say then um Sosa when we had him on. Yeah. He was saying like he played Brazil. I like him by the way. He's sick, man. Yeah, he's, he's sound, a good isn't he? Top yeah, lad. proper. But uh, he was saying like it's South America's just like a different it's just different compared to anywhere it else he's played in there. It is. It's a, it's a totally like it's weird. It, it is so strange. It's like certain types of well, you kinda get it when you go to fucking Scotland here and do gigs. It's fucking mental. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but it's the same like it's the same for like Liam Gallagher or any of these sort of people. I guarantee that his gig in fucking Glasgow will be a million times better than his gig in London. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it it just will be. It's yeah. kind of like I always said, the further north you get, the more like rowdy it sure. gets. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you do gigs in London and you're like, yeah, it's sick. You kind of like, once you start creeping up to like Sheffield, Liverpool, get to Newcastle, it starts getting fucking mad. And then you get up to like Glasgow and it's like just off its head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but South America is just a totally fucking different thing. It's fucking wild out there, man. Why do you reckon that is? Not just like the drugs, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, probably plays a part. Like, But I don't know. It's just, it, it's them sort of place it's, it's that that sort of place where you can't put your finger on why it's like why it is it's like when i go to ibiza and you get off the plane in ibiza you just have like this fucking weird feeling and you can't explain like what it mm. is but it's something in the air that just makes people go fucking mental do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. i'm like just have it and it's that sort of thing in fucking south america you know and it's like especially the music i make the music i make is very influenced from South America and kind of things like that. And it's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of fucking soul down there, man. Do you know what I mean? I think that's probably why. But it's just, it is mad because, for example, when I played in Tokyo, um, it was, you know, you fucking DJing and it was like people were just watching you. And if I lifted my hand up and went like that, everyone just went, ah! <laughs> and it was like, it was this weird thing where it was like so respectful. Like, they were, like, watching you in, like, such a, like, respectful way. Do you know what I mean? So, it's really strange, man. I think everywhere, everywhere's just got its different sort of... Yeah. Everywhere's come into a certain scene at a, a different point. Usually, especially with house music now, or especially what we've seen with the kind of tech house sort of thing, you know, it's... It, 
it kind of gets really big here. As soon as it gets really big here, it will just fly around the world, especially South America and America now. Yeah. Because the thing is about America, when that like EDM shit was really big, Swedish House Mafia and all yeah. that, that was so new to them. We'd had, in England, we'd had dance music for fucking, you know, 30 years. Mm, yeah. But now what you're seeing in America is a lot of these, um, I was going to say kids, but that's a bit patronising, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of the people that are into dance music, their introduction to dance music was maybe fucking Swedish House Mafia and Tiesto and, and stuff like that. And now they've got a bit older, they're finding people like me, like Sosa, like whatever. Do you know mm. what I mean? So everyone's got a different entry point, at, you know, with music. So I think it's just different for everywhere. Is there any advice you'd have for like anyone that's getting into DJing? Yeah. Do you know what? It's like, it's so easier said than done, but I think it's it's a lot more important now than it has, ever has been. It's just to fucking be individual. Yeah. Because it, the, the easy thing is to go and sound like this guy, make music like this guy, play records like this guy. That's the easy thing. It can get you that quick kind of buzz and you'll get really big. For me, it's like, you know, everyone's got their own fucking journeys, man. But for me, it's like, I'm quite lucky that I've found my own little sound that I like. Mm. I'm quite confident in that. And, you know, maybe it's took me a lot longer to get to where I wanted to. But I think just being individual it's so important, especially now because it's so oversaturated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just think that's like the most important thing. And it is easier said than done because if when I was fucking 18, I was coming through and I wanted to be like that guy and that guy, do you know what I mean? But I think you've just got, you've, it comes over the years, I think. Do you know, going back to when you were younger than that, can you yeah. remember where your first like, like set was? Yeah. Which you done? Do you remember, um, uh, Camel Camel Club in town. So do you know on that road where um fucking hell, what's it? Pop World. Oh yeah. And fucking the crazy house <laughs> yeah. was. Right, so it was next to it was next to the crazy house and it was called Camel Club. And I remember I got paid 40 quid to go and DJ in there. <laughs> and uh yeah, I can't even remember the lads' names now. But it was kind of like, yeah, it was dead weird. It was like it was like all fucking like Egyptian fucking really like weird kind of vibes in there <laughs> but it was like i was like fucking 16 going djing in fucking town i was fucking buzzing but at that point that was the only thing i wanted to do mm. do you know what i mean i was yeah. happy with that yeah so it was uh yeah it's a but the thing is what i think liverpool is such a good place to start mm. especially as a dj because there's so there's so much creative kind of I don't know. I think it's just you, you're quite um, encouraged to be creative, especially yeah. in music here. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's just kind of in the water. It's the same as Manchester as well. Kind of just like music is kind of just in the water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's just so easy to get going, really, if you've got like the right people around you. You're playing your own, own songs at 16, you know, you're playing other people's. No, fucking hell. I, I, do you know what? I don't think I've... I didn't get to... a point where i was confident enough to play my own records until mm. about three years ago oh really yeah yeah so it was just like i hated it i fucking hated it like that feeling of like playing your fucking music out to yeah. like to like loads of people i was like I, I've like honestly i've only got confident in the last few years what was it which made you like start 
like playing your own music? Um, I th- do you know what it was? I think as my records started to get a bit more popular, hmm. it was like I had to. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was selling tickets. Like there was, say, I went down to Fabric and there was loads of people waiting there to see me play. You want to? It's like going to see a band if they don't play their fucking big records. You're gonna be pissed off. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I never really under because like I'm still in that kind of. I still have this like um, imposter syndrome thing. Like still mm. like now like I'll be like in a room with someone or making music or someone will ask me to do something mm. or I'll be DJing somewhere and I'm like I feel like I've won a competition. Yeah. 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 It's just like dead weird. Like so it, I think it's that sort of thing where it's like when people start going. Oh, can you play? Can you play our new your new record? I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> that's better than thinking. Oh, I'm too good for this. Yeah, album. but do, do you know what? Like that's something that I've been so conscious of, and it's like, I've been lucky that my family just are fucking really grounded, and I've come from like a really normal background. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I know a lot of lads and a lot of girls that are just fucking. You know, it can go to your head so easily. Mm, yeah. No fault of their own, though. Do you know what I mean? It's just that type of fucking industry where it's like, that can happen. But I've always just been so, maybe sometimes overly um, overly aware of it to the mm. point where it's like, I feel like I've fucking won a competition. Like, genuinely. Yeah, yeah it's fucking mad. Do you know what you've just mentioned that? It feels like you've won a competition. Like, yeah. what's been the biggest, like, oh, fuck me moment? Like, someone just said hello to you or, like, played your music? Uh, mate, the first time I got asked to... Um, the first time I got asked to play Glastonbury, I'd like I literally thought I'd won a competition, <laughs> and it was fucking mad. So it was I've played like I think I've played like six or seven Glastonburys over the year, but the first That's one was two thousand and first one was two thousand and eleven, right? Mm. So it was fucking uh, BBC introducing. We're like, do you want to come and play at Glastonbury? You can play like in between the bands and all that. I was yeah. like, oh my god, give me a few tickets to bring me mates and all that. It was just fucking like amazing. I was like eighteen at the time, and uh, they were like, right, so you're going to be playing after this like guy called Ed Sheeran, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that guy off the internet with the fucking guitar and all that. So he was like, he was just about. He did like a few videos on the internet and all that and we were playing in this tent and it must have been 500 people if that mm. so Ed Sheeran's on and they were going to like wheel me out to like DJ <laughs> after Ed Sheeran mm. I was like oh for fuck's sake but he wasn't like he wasn't like the fucking superstar he was now yeah. so it was like oh my god my first time ever playing Glastonbury this is going to be amazing Ed Sheeran comes off walks off they wheel me out and I'm not joking the way the fucking crowd dispersed (laughs) (laughs) within about 10 seconds like literally 500 people like that fucking out of the fucking tent and I was like oh my god I can't believe this. Like, me, me mum's been putting it all over Facebook. <laughs> like, I'm playing fucking Glastonbury and all this. And, and it was horrendous. And I just remember being like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. There wasn't one, not one person. But I, so I was like, right, what do you fucking do? Do you know what I mean? But then the next, I think it was maybe the next year I came back and I played an earlier stage on, you know, that bike Arcadia, the big fucking spider thing that they have at Glastonbury. So yeah. I played at that. And then a few years later, like, I headlined the Elro stage on the Thursday. So that was, like, in between, between like, five years from, like, no one knowing you are yeah. to, like, headlining a stage on the Thursday. When the, the, 
like at a festival, especially like Glastonbury, the Thursday's the best fucking day, man, because mm. everyone's just so fucking up for it. Yeah. Um. So to do that was fucking was mad. But, Did you speak um, to him? Ed Sheeran? No. No. I remember just walking off with his guitar and fucking getting off. I was like, <laughs> fucking hell, alright. But yeah, it's fucking weird. It's like when you kind of look back on like the things you've done, it's it's a bit mad. But it's good though. Is there any other big names you sort of like played alongside or sort of? Fucking loads. It's like Idris Elba. Idris, Idris Elba. <laughs> Idris Elba asked me for a photo. I'm not, <laughs> even fucking, I'm not even joking. So in about 2013, in Ibiza Rocks, when he was just starting to DJ, I was DJing before him. And he was like, oh my God, Melee, can we, can we get a photo? And I was like, what? Like, I must have fell off there. Like. I was like, me? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I remember going like, fucking Idris Elba. And it's like shit like that. You're like, oh my God, that's fucking mad. And I seen him last year when we were in Vegas. Absolutely the first time I've seen him since. And we had a fucking laugh about it because I got fucking leathered last, that night and I was proper chewing his ear off. And it's like one of them things where you're like, proper cringe when you think about it like what shit were you saying to fucking Idris Elba that night man yeah it's fucking grim but there's been a few man it's like there's there is like sort of times where you're like how the fuck did I kind of get yeah. to this point it's like last year when I was in LA um it was when Liverpool were playing Arsenal when it was 5-5 in the fucking League Cup or whatever it was and it was like in the daytime in LA, it was like two o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I went to the pub with my mate, Chris Lorenzo, who's like a big DJ. And uh, we were kind of just watching the game and all that and just having a laugh and having a few drinks. And he was like, what are you doing tonight? I was like, nothing, like, what's happening? He was like, do you want to come play footy? I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. I was like, where are you playing it? He was like, right, it's in Beverly Hills and it's at Rod Stewart's mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, do you want to call me? It'll be well funny. I was like, fucking yes, man. And then we went up to fucking uh, Rod Stewart's mansion in Beverly Hills. So it was like Rod Stewart's son organised like a football tournament like every week. Yeah. And um, it was just like, I remember like driving up to Beverly Hills, driving into like this sort of private fucking area. And um, like this sort of gated community thing, mm. driving for a good five minutes into this gated community thing. And it was like, right, that's Denzel Washington's house there. That's <laughs> fucking this person. And I was like, <laughs> mate, I was like filming it. <laughs> I'm like sending it to me mum. And we pulled up to fucking Rod Stewart's house, went in the back and he's got a fucking football pitch in there with a big fucking Celtic sign on it. And <laughs> I met his son, Sean. And I was just playing and I was like... This is just fucking weird, man. Like, this is so weird. And, like, I'm so unhealthy. Like, as a fucking DJ, just fucking caning it and just drinking and eating, like, shit all the time. Mm. It was the first time I'd fucking ran around for a good, like, five years. I started to feel, like, really sick. And, like, the only thing I could think of was, like, do not be fucking sick on Rod Stewart's pitch. <laughs> like, just don't fucking do it. I had to, like, go and goal for 10 minutes and that and just be like, yeah, I'm Sam, lads. Yeah, 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 I'm all good. But it was fucking mad. And I was, like, sending me mum selfies at, like, Rod Stewart's. I was like... <laughs> but it's, like, shit like that. You're kind of like, how the fuck did I get here, man? I'm from the fucking Wirral. I'm like, I just, you know what I mean? And it's like, you end up doing shit like that. And it's like, it's fucking mad. 
It's so weird. That's crazy, that you know. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? I can't believe that, mate. That's <laughs> mad. I was like, we were like walking up Rod Stewart's fucking thing, and all Rod Stewart's cars and all that. I was like, and Chris, Chris, my mate, was just like, yeah, we come here every week, and uh, I was like, fucking hell. I was like, Jesus Christ. And I remember putting in a proper hard tackle on Rod Stewart's son. And went, Ooh, like I was like, shit, was I not meant to do that in his own house, on his own pitch? <laughs> But yeah, it was funny. Yeah, that's one of the maddest stories I've heard in this room. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's up there, that. That, that is up there. It's mad. But do you know what? Do you know what it's like? It's like them mad dreams that you have, and you wake up the next morning and go, "Hey, I had a dream last night though, and I played football at Rod Stewart's house." <laughs> it's like shit like that. I remember the fucking ball. The fucking ball went over the top, and I was like, "Right, I'll go and get the ball." I went over the back got the ball there was a fucking massive Aztec waterfall <laughs> and I was just like where am I man like this is just fucking it was mad but yeah I scored two goals at Rod Stewart's house performance yeah. no, no one can not many people yeah. can say that can they <laughs> not even Messi can say that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah fucking mad it must be hard coming back to reality like coming back to like Liverpool after that like yeah, I suppose it is, but it's like, do you know what? It's like the type of person I am. I don't get fucking too carried away with it. Like, I'm mm. not... I don't really get that arsed about it. If shit like that happens, it happens, and it's mm. a good fucking story to come back here and tell people, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I think, like, that's the thing that... You know, I always fucking just try and stay grounded, man. It's yeah. so important, like, doing what I do. And I suppose it's, a, it's important in any sort of thing when... I don't want to say in the public eye because that sounds a bit fucking cringe, but do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like when you're kind of out there getting judged by people online and and whatever, it's so important just to, like, be a fucking normal fella. Do you know what I mean? Best way to be. Gotta be, man. Gotta be. Like, it's just, you know, I can't... I, like, if, if I ever start getting carried away with myself or I'm thinking I'm fucking sick... I'm straight in there to check myself and be like, fucking chill out, man. You're from fucking Brombra, can't I? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Going back to the music side, like, what's sort of the process of making your music? Is there any, like, way that you do it specifically? Yeah, with me, it's always like... It's always... With me, it's always, like, about the drums. Like, my sort of thing, even since I was a kid, has always been, like, about... I fucking love drums. I have records now at studio that are just drumming records. Like I'm just, I'm obsessed with kind of drums and stuff like that. I kind of always have been. So it's like, it's so weird with making music. You never know where kind of inspiration is going to fucking pop up mm. from. Like it could come, for example, one of my biggest records, um, which is called the 95 Vibe. That's kind of like, I had it for ages and I couldn't finish it and it was just like, oh, I was like, I don't know, I don't know. It was just, I was about to scrap it and I remember going on a run and just fucking running and the bass line popped into my head like that. And it's just like, where the f I don't know where the fuck is shit like that comes from. I remember mm. getting my phone out and fucking like singing it into my phone <laughs> like before I got home. I didn't want like the idea to go. Mm. So it's like, you never know when that kind of, inspiration is going to come from do you know what i mean and it's like you just kind of got to be in the right moment to kind of grab it that's why like i've got a studio in town 
and I will just go in there every single day, even if I can't be arsed and I'm not feeling it and I want to sit home and fucking play FIFA. Like, I will go into that studio every mm. day, even if I just sit there, because I don't know, I might be in that studio and something will just fucking click and mm, I'll go, yeah. shit, do you know what I mean? You've got to be in the fucking saddle, man. But that's like, it's different for every single producer. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, everyone's got like their own little ways, but for me, it's got to be off a feeling. If I'm not feeling it, if I don't want to make music, I will just sit at home in me fucking boxes and play FIFA <laughs> yeah. for like weeks on end. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then it'll just click. And like at the moment, I'm in kind of that zone where I'm in studio every single day um, and I'm loving it. But it's such, it's a weird thing making music, man. You kind of never know where it's going to come mm. from. Do you know what I mean? Me and you were talking on the way in and we like spoke about this on a podcast we done like <laughs> yesterday. That like, you, but what was it? Noah Gallagher said once, that the songs are already in the air. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. that. I've seen when he says that. Yeah, that's like, I think so. I think like for someone like he says that thing, doesn't he? About like when he hears other people playing certain records, and he goes, "That should have been mine." Mm-hmm. I get that all the time. Yeah, with like certain producers will make like a record, and I'm like, "Fucking hell, I wish I would have made that." <laughs> or like, do you know what I mean? It's such like a weird sort of. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. And it's like, for me, I can't really explain it because it's the only thing I do. And it's mm. the only thing I've kind of, it's all I've kind of known. So it's just like, I'm just, I'm fucking winging it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But um, it's different for everyone, man. It's weird when you get that fucking record, you fucking know when you know. And the weird thing is with me, and I think like a lot of producers, the biggest records happen within the space of like 10 15 minutes if you're if i'm spending like two days on a fucking record it's just it's not it's like the best ideas come out like so fucking quick do you know what i mean yeah yeah would you say like creatively like during covid because you've like got more time in the studio would you yeah. say that's benefited you yeah defo definitely yeah because it's like if i'm like on tour like all the time mm. if i get off tour the last thing i want to do is come home and fucking get in the studio like i'd literally just want to do nothing do you know what i mean mm. and it's like i think sosa was saying the, the exact same thing i've never i have never had this many records in my life ready yeah. to fucking yeah. go and it's like my management are fucking made up but like you've never been this productive <laughs> in five years i'm like oh my god i know but i think it i, I think it has been but i think like when everything starts getting going, hopefully towards the end of the year, there's good fucking hell, man. The music that's going to come out is just going to be insane. It's been, it's been good sorry. for me personally, yeah. You booked for any festivals or anything next year or any big like well, events? The, all, all my Ibiza stuff from last year has got put over to this year. Yeah. I've been told it's not going to happen yeah. until maybe the end of summer. Um but people always ask me like as if I've got some sort of like inside knowledge. <laughs> Do you know when clubs are going to open? I'm like, no. <laughs> I can't find out when you find out. Do you know what I mean? But um, a lot of shit's getting sort of put over from last year. I did get a book in for um, Mexico towards the end of the year. Yeah. But ugh, the amount of gigs I've had cancelled over the last sort of year to six months, I'm not fucking getting excited about anything because it's like, what's the fucking point? Mm. You know what I mean? I could yeah. be like, oh my God, I can fucking earn some money next month. <laughs> and then it's just like, it just gets cancelled. So it's one of them. What's the biggest event you've done? 
There's so many, man. I sound so gassed there. Oh, <laughs> so many. Um, there's, you know what? There's, there's, there has been so many big ones. That that one in Mexico that was like 20,000 people. I mean that that was probably the biggest one. But for me, like I shit myself more playing in front of five people yeah. than I do playing in front of ten thousand people. Yeah, because if I'm in a room, right? If I had to DJ now in front of you three. I would be shitting myself. Right. <laughs> if I had like the decks there and I had the DJ and there was you and a few of your mates and all that, I would much rather do 20,000 people than I would mm. that. Because it's like, it's so much more intense and like everyone's looking at you and it's like, I don't know. It's like, more intimate, isn't it? It's so mm. much more intimate. Yeah. And especially for me, like, I've always struggled with anxiety for my entire life. People don't really kind of think that as like when I'm kind of on stage everyone's just like oh you look fucking made up up there I'm like yeah I am for an hour <laughs> and I'm shitting me back to shitting myself again <laughs> do you know what I mean but it's like I don't know I think everyone's different do you know what I mean it's like I kind of prefer I, I love doing the little events like me nightclub bad in Liverpool I fucking love doing that because that's just like 500 people the kind of same people come every month and it's mm. sound but um I don't know, man. I've done so many. It's like fucking Creamfields and playing shit like Creamfields for me because, like, I remember going to Creamfields when I was 15. Mm. And obviously, like, it being down the road, if, like, you're from Merseyside and you're a fan of dance music, it's like Creamfields is the fucking mm. ultimate yeah. in it. So it was like the first time I ever got to play Creamfields was just, like, fucking mind-blowing. I played it, not last summer, the summer before, and it's one of them things that I still kind of pinch myself. I'm like, I'm fucking playing Creamfields, man. Like, imagine yeah. like me telling this to like my 15 year old self. I'd be fucking <laughs> buzzing. Do you know what I mean? So, there's been a lot over the years, man. Like, honestly, and that's not being fucking. Um, I don't know what the word is. I'm not trying to blow smoke up here and off, but it's just <laughs> yeah. the truth. Do you know what I mean? And it's like there has been like a lot over the last few years, but. It's good, man. Like every, every single event is different, whether whether there's fucking 10,000 people mm. or there's fucking 50. I will play to 10 people how mm. I play to 10,000 people. Yeah. Because yeah. them 10 people have paid good money to come out and fucking see me. Mm. I've got to fucking put on a show, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in my last, my last tour of Australia, um, I think I did this gig in Adelaide. And... Uh, I'm not messing, there was about three people there. <laughs> right, and this this lad had come with his bird and they were like, like sort of like mega fans and all that. Yeah. And they stood right at the front, bless them. And we're just having the best time ever. And I was like, do you know what? I don't give a fuck that the rest of the fucking club is like, there's no one in it. I'm just going to play to them, man. Because yeah. they're fucking bothered to come and fucking see me play. That's what it's all about, man. Do you know what I mean? I'll remember that last one, won't you? Exactly. That's what it's fucking about. It's like, for me, it's when I was going to Jabuku and Creamfields and places like that, and I would see certain DJs. There were certain DJs that fucking changed my life, like completely changed mm. the course of my life. Or, you know, it's the same of anything. It's like there's sometimes there's one person that will just change the course of your life. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, there's... I, 
fucking been so lucky enough that there's been a few people that have said that to me over the years and it's just like that to me is the reason I do it I'm not fucking asked about how much money I get I'm not asked about anything mm. if I can go out and do it and there's people come and see me that love it sound like that's fucking good enough for me that's a I mean? boss mentality so I haven't yeah do you know, but it's like this is the thing I was speaking to one of my mates about it the other day and I was like I've never ever done anything um in my career for money ever mm. and like i never fucking will do you know what i mean it's like i've been i remember the, there's been times i've been i remember fucking years ago there was like um it, it was like red bull had this studio in london and they were like uh right can we're doing this thing with lewis hamilton and he wants lewis hamilton wants to make a record right so we've kind of talked about like melee to come and do like this record with lewis hamilton We'll give, we'll give him £5,000. I was like 19 at the time. But I'd booked a family holiday with my mum and dad and all my family. And uh, I was like, well, I'm going on holiday. And they were like, yeah, but it's five grand that's Lewis Hamilton. I was like, I don't <laughs> care. Like, I'm going on holiday. And I said no to it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's just like what? I'm going to like go and do a studio session with Lewis Hamilton. Get five grand. After being in the studio for a week, for, for a few days, well, all my family are over there mm. and like, want, oh, like, I wish our Chris was out here. It's like, fuck that. I was like, I'm fucking going to Mallorca, mate. Fuck that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But that, like, that's the way I've always kind of been about it. I'm not asked if like things come to me, they come to me. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I'm a believer if you have that sort of mentality mm. and you want to work hard at it and you're doing it for the right reasons. As soon as you start doing it for the wrong reasons be it fucking money be it whatever status whatever it's the fucking beginning of the end man do you know what i mean mm. and that's why i've still i'm still like 10 11 years into it mm. i've still got that fucking same mentality where i'm like cool man i've got me mates i've got me night i've got my record label if people like it sound if they don't i'm not fucking ass <laughs> like genuinely <laughs> yeah you mentioned before did you say you owned a nightclub what Shit, old and like no, I've got no, I've got a club night. Oh, so twenty, you know, twenty four Kitchen Street in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do, I do a club night there. So I've been doing it for it's our fourth birthday this year. It's called Club Bad. So it kind of just started as a, um, basically when I lived in London, it started as a thing where I could come up every month and I could see my mates and we could get levered mm. and I could DJ that was it. There was like 10 people would turn up and it'd be shit, but it'd be like, my mates were there and I could yeah. sort of play, do you know what I mean? But as it's kind of grown now, it's, um, yeah, we do it at 24 Kitchen Street, so, well, it was like 400 people, like mm-hmm. a month. And, you know, we, we kind of like, my sort of like musical policy was like, these are the kind of DJs that I want. Yeah. And I kind of stuck to me guns with it. And I was like, I don't... And it took like a good two years because people weren't really sure. We were selling 50 tickets. In f- at the first birthday, we sold 50 tickets. And then I think the first birthday, we sold 50 tickets. The second birthday, we sold fucking near a, gra- near a thousand tickets. Mm. And it was like from that kind of year, mm. I'd just come around. I was like, right, okay. Because when you kind of get vindicated in your like own choices... Mm. It gives you so much confidence just to go, right, I know what I'm fucking doing here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know that people like what I'm into, so I'm just going to stick to that. I'm not going to kind of, like, 
There's a documentary called um, The Defiant Ones. I don't know if you've watched it. It's on Netflix. So it's about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre and kind of their career and all that. And there's this sort of thing where he's talking about, you know, like in the, like, say, like the Grand National. Yeah. And the horses have, like, the blinders on their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's so, like, the horses can't see who's right and who's left to them that, so they could just fucking go like that. Yeah. And that's the kind of same principle that you've got to have. It could be fucking sport. It could be anything. As soon as you start giving a fuck what this person's doing, mm. that person's doing and that, it's like, you're going to fucking miss a step. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, that's what I've kind of always tried to keep doing. But um, but yeah, the night the nightclub bad, it is cool, man. I just miss it, miss doing it so much now. Because like, We did a few like socially distanced ones mm. and they were really good, but it's just not the same as having fucking yeah. 400 you people going, You went to a socially distanced gig, didn't you? Yeah, in Newcastle. Did you? Yeah, it's weird, weird, isn't yeah. it? Proper weird. It's just like... I remember I was playing and like the fucking police came in and it was like right you have to turn it down this person can't stand up and all that and it's like fuck off man it's a load of fucking shite <laughs> <laughs> like what what is the like how how does that kind of how do people standing up and singing how does that I just don't get it. Mm. I get it honestly, and it fucking winds me up, man. And it's not like I'm not one of these fucking COVID deniers or anything. Yeah. Like, because I've had it, and like, I think just we all know that people have had it, or we we have had it. So it's obviously fucking real. Yeah. But all the fucking bullshit that comes along with it is fucking a load of shite. Hopefully, um, it's coming to an end. No, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, but it's, it's getting there. I reckon. I reckon this summer will be good. You know. Like, I've got a feeling that, like, this summer will be good. The thing is, though, I'd fucking take a pub now. I'd take a pub, <laughs> I'd take a beer garden. Do you know what I mean? It's at that point where it's like, I don't, I'm not that arsed. I'm like, clubs might be next year, whatever. I'd just take, if I can go to a fucking pub with my mates, I'll fucking have that, man. That'll do me. Do you, do you know think what I mean? if, like, I don't think, ho- do you know if you can't go to Ibiza and them, like where people go in the summer? Yeah. You think the dish, that might transfer over to maybe the gigs here might be better? Yeah, I reckon because, yeah, I re- I, yeah, you're spot on, yeah. Because uh, that's kind of what I've been saying. Like the last few years, I've been kind of going to America a lot mm. and places like that. I haven't really been playing that much in the UK, but and it's, I think it's the same for a lot of DJs. But now it's going to be so impossible with the Brexit thing to get into fucking go and do proper tours in Europe. Yeah. America's probably going to be closed off for a bit. I think it's going to be fucking booming here for the next few years. With that Brexit thing, they'll make like, they'll make something where... We've got to, man. Because it's just, it's, that is just the most ridiculous thing. And that is the thing where I start turning into a fucking conspiracy theorist. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because that shit just says to me that they are just trying to destroy the fucking arts and people from expressing themselves and shit like that. And like yeah. shit like that to me is it's not a fucking joke. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like the fact that they were taking people's rights to sing and dance away. Simple, like mm-hmm. as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And when you think about how fucking mental does that sound? It's fucking mad, isn't it? Like... I- it's fucking mad. Yeah, you're not allowed to dance or sing or shout or it's like what? Like that is like a basic fucking human right to fucking express yourself. And it's like as soon as that fucking gets taken away, it's like 
politicians don't think like us though. They don't yeah, live they, like they, us, they, do they? But it's like the fucking Tories don't give a fuck. And this is the thing. I never understood when my mum and dad used to tell me about what the Tories did in the 80s. Yeah. With mm. the fucking docks in Camelards and how they fucking completely fucking destroyed Merseyside and all that. I never got it because I never, I was born in 1992, so I didn't mm. know it. But when all that, when this shit has been happening in the last year, I was like, oh my fucking God, I completely understand now because it's happening to our generation. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, people can say it's not as bad as you think or, yeah, you've been a bit of conspiracy. It's fucking load of shit. Like, they know what they're fucking doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And they don't understand the arts. But the, the thing is, if Stormzy is going on the pyramid stage at Clastonbury saying, fuck Boris Johnson... Right? Why the fuck would they? Mm, Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just like you kind of understand. And I fucking love Stormzy. Like, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't have said it because he fucking should have. But it's like you understand that mentality from their side, where they're like, "Well, all these fucking Jeremy Corbyn's coming out on the fucking stage at Pyramid Stage at Glastonbury." Da da da. Stormzy's saying that. Mm. Why should we fucking give them any support? It's one of them, though, isn't it? It's like. At Glastonbury, I'd say doesn't know if this is right, but the majority of people are like around our age, between yeah. like twenty to thirty. Yeah. Most politicians are about upwards of that, aren't they? Yeah. So they play they even their it. kids, politicians, do, kids aren't yeah, like do us. You think, like, do you think that fucking Matt Hancock or Boris Johnson have ever stepped foot in a club or a bar in their life? Do you know what I mean? No, no, like, I'd love to know what he listened to in the shower, mate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Probably like Mozart symphony fucking number, <laughs> whatever. Do you know what I mean? But it's just like, that is that is kind of like what we're fucking dealing with. And the the thing that that frustrates me about it is there's been a lot of people in kind of what I do, people like Youssef and Sasha Lord um, from Manchester who runs a uh, warehouse project that have been so good at fucking fighting our corner because for a lot of us especially for me it's so frustrating because it's like what can i fucking do about it do you know what i mean mm. and you can see it happening under your like right under your fucking nose you can see like what they're doing to clubs and the arts and it's not just clubs it's fucking theaters it's fucking art gallery it's everything but what can you fucking do about it? And that's the most frustrating thing where it's like, ooh, I'm kind of a bit... I think at the it. moment with that, though, there's so much, there's so many causes that need support and it yeah. gets a bit saturated yeah. unless you like, really like music or you're yeah. in the industry. No one's bothered, but like once COVID's over, hmm. that's when each individual problem can have more of a... But like, this everyone the thing, can it's like, the, 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 the kind of good thing is that people's kind of love for music and festivals and the arts in general, it's not going to go away. Yes. As much as they try and fucking try and do it, it's not fucking going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a demand for fucking clubs and pubs and theatres and all this kind of shit. The thing is, is about how long it's going to take for it to get back to the fucking normal level because I seen something, I seen something today that it was like by, by June or July, like 80 odd percent of kind of like venues could be closed without the without the correct support mm. and it's like imagine that it's fucking mad numbers that it's it's mental like imagine like clubs are getting cl clubs and pubs and shit like that are getting closed down as it is mm. without that so it's like it's scary but you know the the, the fucking p 
people are never going to lose their love for it. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. fucking... Music's she... probably helped a lot of people through lockdown, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Mate, 100%, yeah. It's just like, imagine, like, imagine if you didn't have fucking, like, music or anything like that. But this is the thing, that's what we're saying. These fucking cunts probably don't ever listen to fucking music. Lizards, aren't they? Imagine, like, not listening to music. Have you seen that tweet, like, that Harry Kane did when he was, like, when he was, like, 17? And he tweeted, he did a tweet saying, music is all right, lol. (laughs) (laughs) They're the type of people we're dealing with. (laughs) It's like, music is all right, like... How do you even get to that fucking point where you think music is all right? I would love to know what like Boris Johnson listens to. Do you know what I mean? Can't even imagine. Might send him a DM. That's <laughs> that, that Boris Johnson lo-fi album on, on What? Yeah, a lo-fi um, video by the Conservatives on YouTube on their <laughs> What? Nah. Lo-fi, yeah. Have you seen that video today that they put up about... um? Oh, don't let me find it. The they... one about the lockdown when it's like the oh, old. The bleach, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I'm gonna get it up for you. Hold yeah. on, like. Yeah, she. That's sweet to say about the bleach. It's like the old dream. film thing, yeah, like, isn't it? Yeah, like the, the pirate DVD yeah, yeah. one, isn't it? Like you wouldn't steal a car. It's like it's like that one. <laughs> like, what is wrong? With... I think they've deleted it. You know. So often you look at Twitter and like the news now and you just think, what the fuck? Like, what the <laughs> it's like, it's like, like a new thing, like every fucking day where you just like... It's like being on a film. I think it's best being off social media. Do you know what? If I if I didn't have to be, I would not be on fucking social media. No <laughs> there we go. Boris Lo-Fi beats and it's literally by the Conservative Party. <laughs> oh my God. And it's just him reading a book. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my! So this is like they're trying to like get into like young people's <laughs> fucking. Like, I thought this was a joke account. This is the straight. <laughs> damn that! Damn they vibed him straight into. That's a shout to be fair. I mean, it's quite funny to be fair. Don't subscribe to them. Yeah, he's <laughs> still a cunt though. <laughs> Oh, we've got any more questions before we finish up. Um, How long have we been going for? Have we, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, a few more, go on. Yeah. Um, We'd ask you, like, what's your favourite pint, but you've answered that question. Well, yeah, I'm not much of a... I'm not much of a beer drinker, but I do like my red wine. I like a Cabernet Sauvignon, Mm. actually. Is that French? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it, yeah. Um, do you drink that like, when you're playing? When you DJ? No, I can't do it, man. But I do like, I do it like if, if I'm on like a long flight. So it was the last time. No, actually, the fucking it was really embarrassing. Actually, because like I had to like really have a word of myself. But I was flying from. Um, I think I was flying from Melbourne to Queen. Is it Queensland or Queenstown? Yeah. I always get confused in in um new zealand and the fucking woman on the flight just kept bringing me these fucking tiny wines like that <laughs> I, I was fucking leathered <laughs> and like i got off the flight and went to passport control emptied out my pockets i'd left my wallet my passport <laughs> and my bag on the plane <laughs> like i just i just i just like walked off the plane like <laughs> great flight that thanks very much and then i got, got like into the fucking airport and i was like oh my god like proper panic <laughs> tried to run back to the fucking plane it was like fellas stopping me like you can't do that and i was like please my fucking my passport it's gonna ruin my tour i managed managed to get it back luckily but after that i was like 
you need to fucking calm down. Have you had any mad experience like meeting fans or anything? Yeah, yeah, there's been fucking loads. It's like, well, I lived in Hanover Street in town for a bit when I first moved back to, when I first moved back to Liverpool. And there's, you know, the Tesco on Hanover Street. So I used to yeah. go in there every day to like get me food. Like every other day, I bump into someone. Like I was like buying fucking chicken nuggets or something. <laughs> and they'd be like, "Oh my god, can I get a photo with you?" And I'd just be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> but it was like that was the that was the, like I like it. Do you know what I mean? Like it, at least people aren't being dickheads. Like there's some people that if anyone fucking asked me for a picture, I'm like, "Fucking yeah, man." Mm-hmm. Don't care where it is. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But it's just a bit mad. Like when you're fucking buying chicken nuggets and someone's like. <laughs> Hey, it was like loads of lads or something. Like, <laughs> I seen you at fucking da da da. You're like, oh god, really? Yeah, I got it once with a fucking mask on. I was like, I was like, fucking hell. It's the fucking glasses in it. It's like, look, if that, I'd be like very inconspicuous, blending into the background guy. But it's the fucking glasses in it. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, but I, I, I don't mind it, man. Sound. Yeah, a new question we've started throwing in. Is your top favourite songs from Liverpool? But <gasps> top three. Top three. Top yeah. three. Yeah. I already all, want, like, but... Yeah, I robbed it off another podcast, so made it ours. <sighs> okay. Um, <sighs> what's that Beatles record off Revolver with the fucking mad drums in it? Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. The Beatles Helter Skelter is my number one. I have the, the fucking drums on that. Oh, just fucking amazing. Um, I like that, the Coral record. What was the big Coral record? Pass it on. No. Dreaming of you. Yeah. And that was, that was made in the studio where I've got my studio now. My so God. I think it might have actually been written in the room that I'm in. I got told. <laughs> um, I like that. And then, uh, what else, man? You can have more if you want, you know. I'll give you five. Put one of mine in. I like Camel Fat's records, you know. Camel Fat are doing some good stuff. Ultra Beat, Pretty Green Eyes. <laughs> Fucking tune. Um, I don't know, man. Do you know what? Like, I do. I am a bit like of a sort of Beatles, Paul McCartney, like, obsessive, yeah. to be yeah. honest. I fucking look like, I just think Paul McCartney is like... I just, watched a video of him last night. And um, it was him going through explaining each Beatles song and that. It's so much more simple Have than what it sounds. He's done a new podcast with that Adam Buxton. Have you listened to that? No. To get on that. Oh my God, mate. I was listening the other day. It's fucking amazing, you know. You'll have He's to get on so here sad. if he wants. Like, I just wish he was my granddad, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, But like, I'm a bit of like a Beatles obsessive, yeah. But um, that Revolver album, because that Revolver album for the Beatles like influenced so much shit. The Chemical Brothers especially, like... That Helter Skelter record, the drums yeah. on that, it was like 30 years previous to what the Chemical Brothers got big mm. for doing in the 90s. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like stuff like that. Um, I don't know. What else? I like the I like the Lars. Um, I like the Lars, yeah. They only had like one album, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Boss who, album. Who's that other fucking fella who I fucking met? Who from... Echo and the Bunny Man, what's his name? Ian McCulloch. Ian McCulloch, yeah. yeah. I remember when Liverpool were doing the, when the parade for 
when we won the Champions League. That's not so about that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, we're, we're both fucking shit, aren't we? At the minute. Um, but yeah, that fucking Ian McCullough was there. I didn't fucking know who he was. And like, I was wearing like this fair hoodie and mm. fucking old fella kept going, that's fucking boss, that. Fucking that hoodie you've got on's fucking boss. <laughs> I was like, is this fucking guy on me case, man? <laughs> one of the lads we were with was like, do you know who that is? I was like, nah. He was like, see McCulloch. I was like, oh shit. And then I got, again, the studio where I am now. Turns out that I think Echo and the Bunny Men had one of the rooms next to me or in that building. So it's fucking mad. It's so small, Liverpool, isn't it? It's yeah. just like. Where'd you record? Parsley's? Uh, no, no. Um, Parliament Street so I'm in the basement underneath the fucking bike shop on Parliament mm. Street and they fucking hate me in there man <laughs> I'm so loud and their office is like <laughs> there but I have it like fucking club level because I'm like yeah. you know but I think they just think that I'm like just pissing about there as like as like a hobby and I'm like <laughs> nah I'm working here do you know what I mean so it's like yes but I've had so many studios like in my life but when I moved back up to Liverpool when I was, I don't know, like three years ago, there's so much more settled here now again. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I love it, man. Yeah, it's better. Is there any like young up and coming like DJs which you've been listening to lately? <sighs> there's a lot from the city, actually. I really like Sosa, but I think everyone knows Sosa now, don't they? Um, there's a lad called Jay Disco who's really good. Mm, was he, yeah? He's sick. I really like him. I was messaging him the other night, Lever, trying to get him to play me night, actually. <laughs> um, Ross Robertson is another lad who's really good. Um, so many people, man. It's just like there's... As, especially in Liverpool now, it's just... You know. And th th there's no excuse not to be a fucking good DJ anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like it's so readily available to yeah. everyone. To if, if you're really into the music... You know, like back in the day, if you were really into the music, you would have to go to a record shop and you would have to know the right person and you would have to like spend time doing it. But it's like now, if you're into the right music, you go on YouTube, you know where you're looking, do you know what I mean? There's just so many great DJs coming through. Is that how you taught yourself to DJ, like through YouTube? Yeah. 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 There was a guy called the DJ Tutor on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up. I think he still does stuff actually. But... um so I remember like I put it on Instagram the other week and it was like the first setup I got was like so my mum couldn't afford me to, to afford to buy me like a full one mm. so it was like for each Christmas and birthday she'd buy me like one piece of the of yeah. like the setup so she bought me like a little new mark sort of thing which was quite good and then I was like right I had that on its own and then a few months later I got a mixer and then a few months later I got another one of them so it was like it was kind of it was so slow learning me how to DJ but th them kind of things it's like that sort of thing whereas like people always say if you can mix on sort of vinyl mm. you can mm. fucking mix on anything man yeah. do you know what's what I mean what's that place called where you can actually train to be a DJ I seen it Lee Butler was there the other week um, but well, like, um pa Pirate Studios or something like that in there, town. That, there's another one where you can do like, like after courses. you leave school you yeah. do, that's what you do fucking help me I wish I had that when I fucking left mm. school rather than them telling me I needed to be a plumber <laughs> like do you know what I mean imagine mm. I just went straight into doing that it's like it's so good that they're like encouraging fucking kids to do it now because 
I think with DJs, maybe rightfully so, it's not taken fucking seriously. Sometimes mm-hmm. people have this perception of it that it's just fucking egotistical fucking noise. Mm. It's a relatively new though, isn't yeah, it? Like well, guitar music's been around a lot longer, for example. Exactly, yeah. But it's just like, but I just think in general, like people, it's like if my mum tells her fucking mate from the pub that I'm a DJ, they think that I'm like fucking standing on stage like, <laughs> no. and fucking top off and like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that is the fucking perception of a DJ. But it's like, you know, the actual perception of a DJ is like, well, for me personally, it's somewhat like I fucking love music. Like, I listen to it 24 hours a day. I'm so lucky to be able to fucking go and do it. It's my job. It's like, you know, I don't think that, and I think that kind of, I don't want to go back into politics again, but it's like <laughs> that kind of came up with the whole nightclub thing because, you know, they just thought that people go, that go to nightclubs just fucking take fucking pills and mm-hmm. it just all doesn't fucking mean anything. But to a lot of people, it does. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of people's fucking lives. It's like the same thing with gyms and all that. Exactly the same thing. It's like, you know, you can't take fucking like, them sort of basic fucking rights away from yeah. people. It's fucked. When, when can we like expect some more new music from you? So I'm putting out, I'm putting out a new, so I've got so much fucking music now. And I was like, I've been wanting to do an album for a long time, but um, I'm going to put something out in March. So it's basically a two part EP. So mm-hmm. it's three tracks each. So towards the end of March, um, it's called Soul and Ice. So it's Soul and Ice part one and Soul and Ice part two. And it's kind of like, it's. I think it was all made through lockdown, I'm pretty sure. Mm. But it was kind of, I'd imagined it like a like an album because it all had the same sort of sound sonically. Mm. Um, so I'm going to do that. But as I say, I've just got so much fucking music now that I'm like, I'm sound, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can just throw something out every few weeks and it's just like, it's nice to be in that position, man. Do you know what I mean? So hopefully shit gets going towards the summer and I'll be laughing. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. do you know Hope what so. I mean? Yeah, man. Got anything else for you, that pedal? Not that I can think of, lad. So, so that was the LA. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, nice one for coming on. Cheers don't forget boys. to like and subscribe, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>